Hi there and welcome to Church Central West. My name is Pete Barks and I'm a member of Church Central West. It's my great privilege today to be talking to you about Paul, uh, Paul's life in the Bible uh, from the book of Philippians. Um, I don't know how you're feeling today. Maybe you're feeling really happy and in a good mood. Congratulations. I believe that this passage we're going to look at today actually will really help to guide you. Maybe if you're honest, you're in a bit of a grump today, then I believe that this passage can help encourage you today. And if you're really struggling at the moment and just feeling really sad and, and finding life difficult, please don't switch off because I believe there is hope and there is joy in this passage to encourage you today. And actually, whether you are a Christian and you attend church or whether this is the first time you've ever watched a a Christian message and, and you're not a Christian, I really believe that this message of joy we're going to be looking at today will really uh, help to encourage you and is really worthwhile paying attention to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read uh, this passage uh, from Philippians uh, chapter 1 verses 12 to 26 and I'm, uh, just for your reference, I'm reading from the uh, New American Standard Version, starting from verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has actually resulted in the advancement of the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. Most of the brothers in the Lord have gained confidence from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the message fearlessly. Some, to be sure, preach Christ out of envy and strife but others out of goodwill. These do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defence of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, seeking to cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just that in every way, whether out of false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice because I know this will lead to my deliverance through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all boldness, Christ will be highly honoured in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I am pressured by both. I have the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your advancement and joy in the faith, so that because of me, your confidence may grow in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this passage and help us, Lord, just to take everything that we uh, need from it that you want us to get out of this passage today for your glory. Amen. So let's have a closer look at this passage. When I think about what Paul is writing here, um, two kind of themes uh, come to mind. He is convinced that the most important things for him are advancing the gospel 
and the encouragement of others. Uh, so Paul is writing this book to the church at Philippi, okay, to people that he knew really, really well, and he's distanced from them at the moment because he is writing from a prison cell. Uh, he was arrested in Jerusalem for telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, telling them about the gospel, and we find him here. We're pretty sure that he's in Rome or near Rome in uh, a prison cell, not knowing what's going to happen to him. And yet the whole book of Philippians, if we were to sum it up in one word, is all about joy. It's just Paul's joy of knowing and loving Jesus Christ. But this is an unusual place to find so much joy. Indeed, we find that Paul's joy is not in ideal circumstances. He is in prison, he is uh, chained 24 hours a day to a Praetorian guard, the best of the best Roman guards at the time. But Paul's joy was in sharing the gospel. And his number one priority, as we see in verse 12, is his desire to advance the gospel. He wants anybody and everybody to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of you might be saying, well, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? The gospel, in a nutshell, is that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth so that all who believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. That's a famous uh, verse of John 3, 16. Basically what it means is that Jesus was sent by God and he died on the cross for our sins. He took our place okay, and we were set free. So we could, if we accept, uh, if we accept that sacrifice, that we could live with God for eternity. And that is the excitement that I have in my heart. And that is the excitement that Paul has in his heart, despite the fact that he is in chains. And it's amazing because actually we see in these first few verses from 12 to verse 15 that Paul is so glad that he's got this opportunity to talk to others about Jesus Christ, to talk uh, to the people who are chained to him, the guards and the, the fellow prisoners, and that not only is he being able to advance the gospel, but this is encouraging other people who hear about it. And this is going to encourage the readers of this letter to just go out and do what Paul is doing, just with every fibre of his being to be telling people about the love of Jesus Christ that Paul knew so well. So as I've mentioned in this passage, I believe that Paul's two main concerns are to advance the gospel and to encourage others. And I want to go into a little bit more detail about that now and see how we can apply this great message to our own lives today. And we're going to do that by looking at three C's. So we've got Paul's chains, Paul's critics and Paul's crisis. OK, firstly, his chains. Because of Paul's chains, Christ was known. So we know that he was chained to Roman guards 24 hours a day. And they worked on six hourly shifts. So even by my maths, I can work out that that was uh, four guards a day. So four different people that he's chained to who heard about the gospel. 
So all the guards are hearing about the gospel. All the prisoners are, are hearing about the gospel. So even though he's chained up, Christ was known. And how can we apply this into our lives? Well, when our, our lives are restricted, like maybe they are for you at the moment, where you feel chained to particular places and spaces because of COVID, that actually we can still know the love of Christ in these situations and what we're facing at the moment and what you're facing at the moment. We can still know how much Christ loves us, just as Paul did in the heart of a prison. And then verses 15 to 20, we then look at, because of Paul's critics, Christ was preached. So we've got an interesting situation here where other people are preaching the gospel, but maybe not from the best motives. Maybe because they want to be better from, uh, than Paul, a sense of competition or a sense of envy. And, and Paul could easily have got bogged down by all of this and got annoyed by it. But he doesn't, because actually Paul's not about envy and strife. He's about love and unity. And, and we see this because, and I'm paraphrasing here, basically Paul says, do you know what? Allow it. I'm just going to let it go. Now, if these people were changing the gospel or saying lies, then I'm sure Paul would have had an issue about it. But actually, the truth of who Jesus was and is and ever shall be was being preached. And so actually, that was Paul's main concern, wasn't it? The advancement of the gospel. So he just didn't get bogged down by it. I don't know what things you're dealing with at the moment, but I know certainly I look back on this last week and think there were little discussions or arguments I got into here or there where actually I just didn't need to because in the, the light of eternity, it just doesn't really matter. And I suppose this is a great way to remind us of actually what are our priorities in life? What's important? What do we not need to get bogged down with and and just as Paul was able to say do you know what I'm just going to let it go he could do that because he knew how loved and cherished he was by Jesus and I know Jesus wants us to feel exactly the same today and then thirdly because of Paul's crisis okay Christ was magnified so this is verses 21 to 26 and we've got this, um, this verse here, uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's a really famous and interesting verse. And, and for me, what it tells us again about Paul is just where his perspective is at, that he wants to serve Jesus Christ. We know that. That is what his obsession in life is. It just fills every single part of him. And... We know from one of my favourite verses um, in uh, Revelation that actually we, we know that we will see uh, God one day face to face if we follow him as Christians and we put our faith in him. In Revelation 21.4 it says this, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will exist no longer. Grief, crying and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. I mean, that sounds amazing to me. And, and that's a reality that one day when we see Jesus face to face, if we put our faith in him, that is what we will see. And that is what we will experience. No more pain, just joy, because we will be there with the Saviour Jesus Christ forever. And 
And this is where we know Paul's heart is, but actually what he's saying is, you know, it's hard, you know, because that's where he most wants to be. He most wants to be together with Jesus forever. But he also recognises that it's about God's timing. And actually, he wants to serve and encourage the people that are around him and the people that he's writing the letter of Philippians to as well. So I think for us today, what's the application for that is that actually, is if we want joy, joy that just bypasses all understanding, a joy like no other, is to give our lives to Jesus Christ and to, and to acknowledge that he is great, to acknowledge that he loves us. And by doing that, we can one day experience what we've just read about in Revelation. So there's the, the three C's there of Paul's chains, of Paul's critics and, and, and Paul's crisis. And as we draw to a close, I want to tell you a, um, a story um, which I think really kind of just puts all this together and is a, a great example of, of the joy that we, we read in these verses. Um, and uh, so we've got about five or, or so minutes left, just so you know. Um, so I'm going to tell you about my friend, Chris. This was uh, in the early noughties when uh, I was a youth worker in Somerset. And there was a guy who was a part of our uh, youth group who really wanted to be a youth worker and he felt God had put this passion in his heart to be a youth worker and he just wanted to tell young people about the love of Jesus Christ just as we see Paul uh, doing in prison and the thing is is um, my friend Chris had lots of complex special needs he had a uh, speech impediment it was quite difficult to understand him but we prayed about it and we just felt it was the right thing to do. And he, he interned with us and he, and he worked with us. And, and, and Chris was just amazing. Um, but high schools, which is where we spent a lot of time, can be quite cruel places at times. And, um, and we used to run like cafes at lunchtime and provide drinks and snacks and chat with kids. And, and um, Chris used to get teased really badly by these teenagers. He's, Chris had bright red hair and a bright red beard and he kind of stumbled and mumbled a bit and, and they just really took the mick out of him and they were quite horrible to be honest. But that didn't stop Chris because Chris was so concerned with these young people knowing that Jesus loved them. So Chris used to uh, catch the bus into town and then he used to walk half a mile to local supermarket and then he would carry six litre bottles of Coca-Cola, other soft drinks are available, uh, in one hand and like six litre bottles of lemonade in the other hand. Okay, And he would walk then over a mile to the school and he would do this every single day of the school term whether it be sunny or raining, which it was most of the time, wind, snow, it did not deter him. He would do this every single week. And the young people started to notice this and saw that actually, maybe we need to give this guy a chance because, do you know what? If he cares about us that much, that he would do this, he would take this burden for us every single week, then actually, we need to listen to him and we need to spend more time with him. And they did. Uh, and people started to give him much more time and would talk to him and he had some great conversations. 
because they recognise something different about Chris. They recognise that he actually was showing them God's love. Uh, a few months later, um, we were playing football with some uh, young people in the park and um, very sadly, uh, Chris had a, a heart attack. It was a congenital heart uh, issue that nobody had known about um, had a heart attack and died. Um, uh, it's not a day I'll ever forget. I was there, I was uh, trying to resuscitate him. I was there in the ambulance with him and I was there with his parents um, when uh, this was just shortly before his 21st birthday where um, the doctor said that he had died. And I, th I can't explain to you how, how sad and, and how horrible that situation was. Obviously a few days later it was the funeral and I had the great honour and privilege to speak, uh, to do the, the sermon at Chris's funeral. And amazingly, something so special happened. All of those young people that had taken the mick and just been so rude to Chris in the early days came along. And they were so moved by his passing, but also by his sacrifice weekly for them, that loads of those same young people became Christians that day because in Chris they saw somebody whose main concerns were just advancing the gospel telling everybody about the love of Jesus Christ and just wanted to encourage others and through that example they experienced God's love and became Christians and from the world's eyes Chris didn't look like anything special or Chris didn't look or sound like he'd be able to do anything amazing but through his sacrifice and through his love, he impacted the lives of so many young people. And I think that is a great way to kind of draw everything to a close. And what I want to finish with is, is just to give you an opportunity, maybe for the first time or, or if, uh, if you've been a Christian for a while, just a chance to kind of recognise actually how awesome Jesus Christ is. And just to have a little bit of space now, just to say, God, I want to give my life to you. I recognise through the example of Paul and, and Chris that joy only exists within you. So we're just gonna have a chance to pray now and uh, yeah, and just wait on God. Oh, Father God, we thank you so much that you love us. Lord, there is nothing we can ever do to make you love us more or less than you do. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. That through uh, him giving his life, Lord, has given us the opportunity to have our sins forgiven and to be with you forever.